We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Part two of today's show is going to talk about the transfer portal. And again, it's a, it's a very interesting time to be at Notre Dame because Notre Dame is, has got to, got to wade through all the insane changes that have happened the last two years differently than everybody else. Notre Dame has to engage the transfer portal. They can't engage it like everyone else. You're you're going to see so many more kids, in my opinion, a prediction I have, way more kids are going to be going through this process and not getting degrees than is already happening because of the constant transfers. It's impossible to actually graduate college when you're at th- four schools in th- five years or three schools in four years. It's very challenging. And I know that for a fact, because I went through one transfer process as a player, but then when I wanted to get into coaching, I wasn't done with my degree yet because of my initial transfer. So I had ended up transferring to Wittenberg and finishing my degree at Wittenberg and then Wright State, transferring those credits back to Salisbury in order to get my degree. But it was done in like five years. It took longer because of all that, because not every school is going to take all your credits. And that's what's going to be happening to a lot of these young men. And it's an unfortunate situation. Notre Dame has to be responsible about, okay, we're going to bring this kid in, but can we make sure that this kid is going to get a degree if he's an undergraduate student athlete? That's got to be something Notre Dame takes value in. And honestly, it should absolutely be something they take value in. And, and so when I look at you know, how they've got to engage that, yes, they need to work with the football program more to make sure that they can they, – they can, you know, kind of go after a bigger pool of student athletes than what they were before. But Notre Dame's never going to be able to go after the same number of students that a Florida State is or an Alabama is or an Ohio State might be able to do and willing to do in the transfer portal. But they got to work with them on it. The NIL stuff, you've got to be careful because Notre Dame doesn't want to get into this whole thing of we're going to promise you X amount of dollars uh, in order to come here. They will present, hey, here's the opportunities for you if you come here. Here's what the collective, you know, is able to do. But you've got to, you know, we're just not going to offer you $2 million to come here. 
that's just not how Notre Dame is going to be uh, in, in, in from, from what I know in all situations when it comes to the transfer portal. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So that's what makes what they've done in the transfer portal this year even more impressive. Marcus Freeman has very much said, we're going to engage in the transfer portal. We are. We're going to engage in that. We're going to engage in NIL. We're going to embrace NIL. But we're also going to stay true to being a program that is is very much a believer in we're going to build through high school. And we're going to build through high school recruiting. We're going to bring in high school recruits. And then the portal for us is going to be that, okay, here's what our team is. Here's where we need to upgrade the most. Here's where we can upgrade the most. Here's what's out there for us to go get. And so what you saw this offseason was my concern was that the needs that Notre Dame had were at positions that have two concerns for me. One is there are a lot of skill positions. And skill players have a tendency, ones that are that you would want, have a tendency to be guys that are kind of looking for different things than what maybe a Notre Dame is looking for. And so you're like, well, are they going to be able to engage in that? Well, fortunately for Notre Dame, at two of those positions, quarterback and, and wide receiver, there was a lot of guys that jumped in the portal, especially wide receiver. And they were very fortunate they could find three guys now, but early on two guys that were able to, to be a part of that. And then they hit some other positions as well. And I'm going to, I'm going to bring up just kind of the portal classes of right now. And you can see the eight portal guys, but Notre Dame was in a situation where they needed receivers in the portal, especially, I mean, that was true before they lost, you know, Rico Flores and Braylon James and Chris Tyree. They were already looking at the portal. When those guys left, it became an even greater need to go into the portal. And so then you see guys like Chris Mitchell jump in and Bo Collins and Jaden Harrison and, and Jamal Banks and a, and a lot of different players, uh, Jeremiah Hunter, a lot of guys that Notre Dame was was kind of mentioned with. And, and fortunately, Notre Dame was able to go out and get Chris Mitchell, which I thought was a great pickup. Uh, Notre Dame was about to, uh, you know, you know, Bo Collins jumps in, Notre Dame jumps all over him. And, you know, he was a guy that we all, at least I did, I don't know about y'all, I shouldn't say we all, because I don't know who y'all wanted, but he was a guy that I wanted out of high school. I like Bo, I thought Bo Collins made a mistake going to Clemson. And I've said this for years because I just didn't feel like Clemson's system and the way that they use receivers really fit Bo's skill set. That was kind of my, uh, my my thing with about why I didn't think that was the greatest greatest decision. But I also understood why he did it. I mean, if you're looking at Clemson at the time when Bo committed, 
I mean, they were they had won two championships in recent years. They'd put a bunch of receivers into the first and second round. You know, I mean, they they and even before they started winning championships, I mean, they you think about some of the receivers that, that Clemson put into the NFL. I mean, Sammy Watkins was a guy they put in the NFL. Um, DeAndre Hopkins was a guy that they put into the NFL. I mean, Clemson was putting a lot of guys into the NFL. I'm actually going to pull this up and just kind of give you some of the names of wide receivers that Clemson had put into the NFL in, in recent years. I mean, just going back to 2010, yeah, Jacoby Ford was a fourth-round draft pick. DeAndre Hopkins uh, was a – looking at DeAndre, what year was DeAndre? DeAndre was a first-round draft pick in 2013. The next year, Sammy Watkins is the number overall, four overall pick. Martavis Bryant is a fourth-round pick. Uh, then you go to Sharon uh, Peak, who didn't even, didn't even start for Clemson and was still drafted in the seventh round. You had Mike Williams as a first-round draft pick. Deion Kane, who was never a starter, and, and Ray Ray McLeod were six-round draft picks. You had Hunter Renfro as a fifth-round draft pick. He's doing stuff in the NFL. T. Higgins was a second-round draft pick. Uh, Cornell Powell and, and Amari, Amari Rogers were second- and third-round draft picks. Of course, uh, he was a uh, – uh, the 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 2020 guys were uh, Bo's like senior year because Bo was a, a 2021 kid. So 21, 22, 23, and this will be his senior year. So you're talking about Clemson putting a lot of guys in the NFL, and that doesn't include Justin Ross, who would have been a first-round draft pick if not for the, the major neck injury that he had at, at, in college. You know, so you, you understood why he did it. I just didn't think it was like him and Joseph and Gata both, I thought, made made mistakes going to Clemson just because I didn't think they fit the system. So you go out and get a guy like Bo Collins, who's got a lot of ability, hasn't really had a lot of major injuries. He's had little dinks and, you know, little – things here that have cost time, but nothing structurally where like all of a sudden he's running a four seven now because he had a, you know, a really bad knee or, or ankle or foot or, or something like that, where the, it really kept him from becoming the athlete that he was going to be. And so they were able to have an impact hall there. And, and you look at what they've done in the secondary. So when you look at the overall portal class from Notre Dame, it really, really is an outstanding class. I'm just going to kind of go through what I really like about it. And number one is here's the biggest thing I believe and anyone that's been on this channel for through the 2022 season into now, you guys know Ryan and I have been talking about about Riley Leonard for a couple of years now. I mean, from the I've shared the story before, but Ryan watched him and Ryan remembered it. It was the the opener against Temple in 2022, and he watched the game. He's like, "This kid's really good." And I started watching him a little bit more, and I watched him out duel Sam Hartman and and go toe to toe with Drake May and those kind of guys. You're like, "This kid's got a lot of ability." He comes out this year and he starts the season off really well and then, you know, gets hurt. But this is a kid with a lot of talent that to me is the, is the, I wouldn't say he, he definitely doesn't have the highest floor in the, um, the, the quarterback class, but he, to me, has the highest ceiling in the transfer portal quarterback class. And so you're going in a different direction than you did last year, where last year you kind of felt like Sam Hartman had the highest floor. And I, I think that turned out to be true. Sam Hartman never got to be the productive player for Notre Dame that he was for Wake Forest. Sam Hartman was still a good football player last year. He wasn't always on top of his game, but he was a good football player for Notre Dame last year. Notre Dame doesn't go nine and three if Sam Hartman doesn't transfer in. They would have they would have had a worse record in my opinion. And so you went with a high floor guy last year. Well, Notre Dame went with a li- in a little bit of a different direction this year with Riley Leonard. And the focus with him and, and guys, let me tell you something. I know that there was rumblings about Will Howard and all these other guys. And Notre Dame did their due diligence because they needed to actually get Riley Leonard first, you know, and and, and he needed to actually jump in the portal. But they had scouted this one out, and this was their guy that that basically 
if he jumps in a portal, he is our target. He's the guy we want. And the reason why is because he's a very talented player. And he's a player to me that when you look at it with Notre Dame, you know, he, he brings to me a lot of value from a playmaking standpoint. And that's something that Notre Dame realized very early on this year that they were lacking. They were lacking a playmaker at quarterback. They were they had a guy that could run an offense and, and was a leader and, and had knowledge and had experience, and all those kind of things, but he wasn't a playmaker. He wasn't a guy that when things broke down, could he go make plays? And you want some examples? Go watch the Ohio State game. First drive of the game, Notre Dame goes right down the field on Ohio State gets into into uh you know the not not the red zone but you know they get into Notre Dame territory deep into Notre Dame territory or Ohio State territory facing a fourth and one you're like hey let's go for it I love the aggressiveness of the call you could have maybe kicked a longer field goal but you know you're you're trying to win that game you go for it and and so they they call a pass play didn't love it but your quarterback gets out of the pocket it's fourth and one and he doesn't hunt for the first down he doesn't do what it takes to get to the first down. He's not a playmaker like that. You have another fourth down that, that doesn't get converted. Later in the game on fourth and one, you look at the Clemson game where the pass game was just struggling. The receivers were injured. You had guys that weren't playing. You had guys that were playing but weren't 100%. Your quarterback was struggling throwing the football, and he just wasn't able to. You know, He had that one draw early in the, the game. He had the, the one scramble, but there there wasn't the thing where you could point to the quarterback and say, we need you to put the offense on your shoulders. He just wasn't able to do that. And they went six possessions in the fourth quarter, third and fourth quarter, where they were a touchdown away and a two-point conversion away from tying it, and they never crossed midfield. And I, I've said this. I don't, I don't know – how Riley Leonard will be as a passer compared to Sam Hartman. I think he's got the potential to be better, but he's he's got a lot of work that needs to be done. We'll break some more of that down here over the next month or two as we dive into more film that's going to be on the message board and we do a deeper dive into to what this class is with Ryan and I. But I can I, I said this. I, here's the one thing I could guarantee. If you go back and look at the 2023 season, I don't know what Riley Leonard's passing numbers would have looked like, but here's what I know for a fact. Again, my opinion. I should say, not a fact, but here's what I believe to be absolutely true. Notre Dame does not get stopped twice on fourth and one against Ohio State if Riley Leonard's a quarterback. I'm quite confident in that. And and we saw that when he played against Notre Dame. As much as Notre Dame shut that offense down in the second half, Riley Leonard used his legs to take that game over and, and go from being down 13-0 to having a 14-13 lead for Duke. And you get excited about what he can bring from a playmaking standpoint, because if his throwing game is off, he can still make plays. That's huge. You needed, you needed proven weapons in the past game. You went out and got him. I think Chris Mitchell has a chance to be a really good football player. I think Bo Collins is a guy that, you know, again, I don't know that it's going to happen, but I'll just say this. It would not shock me if Bo Collins becomes a much more impactful player for Notre Dame this year than he was at Clemson. I could see him being a Miles Boykin type at Notre Dame. I think he has the skill set to do it. Is he an elite player? No, he's not an elite player. But I think he's a much better player than what we saw at Clemson. And and we saw it in, in stretches. I think at Notre Dame, with the system that he'll be in, with the talent that will be around him, those two things, if he can stay healthy, it's going to be the big thing for him and Deion Colsey, is if Bo can stay healthy – I could easily see him having a career year at Notre Dame. 
and and being a, a guy that's a, you look at and say, boy, I am so glad they got him. Much like Javante Jean Baptiste, Notre Dame had a great defense this year. Would they have had a great defense if Javante Jean Baptiste doesn't come? I don't think so. Was he their best player? No, but he was a very important, big time piece to what was a great unit. And I could see Bo Collins having that role along with Chris. I mean, Chris Mitchell is obvious. I mean, kid, kids put the numbers up and put the numbers up against really good competition. You know, Jaden Harrison, I don't care if Jaden Harrison plays a snap at wide receiver. Really don't. If he does, that's a bonus. You're talking about a kid who's a first-team All-American as a kick returner. And I was having a debate with a buddy of mine the other day, and he was he was upset. He loves Jadarian Price, and he was talking about how, you know, I don't know where you're doing this. Jadarian, you know, averaged 34 yards of return, which he did, and he's dynamic, and it's all trusted. Look, I don't disagree with anything you're saying, but what I'm what I am saying is Notre Dame's anticipating – Jadarian Price being a much bigger bigger part of the offense and a much more integral, high-volume touches part of the offense. I mean, if you go through a game and and both Jeremiah and Jadarian both don't have at least 12 to 15 touches, either one guy just went absolutely nuts in that game and you could take him off the field, or the coaches aren't doing this whole thing right. And, and that's why. I mean, that's what Notre Dame has been selling to Jadarian and – Jeremiah, this offseason is like, you know, it's a 1A, 1B type of thing. And so if we can't ignore the fact that Jadarin is still dealing with the, you know, coming back from the, the Achilles injury. And I know that modern science has changed a lot, but it hasn't changed that much when it comes to the Achilles. You know, I've said this before, the Achilles is, is the old ACL where, you know, you're going to miss a lot longer period of time. And unless you're someone who can afford some of the things that, that, that Aaron Rodgers can afford as far as experimental surgeries, and I don't even mean just afford uh, phys- like financially. I'm more referring to if it doesn't work out, he's already 40-something and his career's over. You know, a 19-year-old, 18-year-old kid can't take that risk. And so if there's ways where you're going to ramp up his, his playing time and his practice reps and his game reps and his off-season reps as a running back, is there a way to kind of – take away some of that special teams workload. I think that is important because you want to still keep him fresh and he's going to get a lot more touches next year than he got this year. And the kid only returned 10 touches, the whole 10 kicks the whole year. That's it. Cause teams just wouldn't kick to him. So you look at it now say, but that's not just, okay, well it's just 10 reps for the course of a year, but think of the number of practice reps he gets where he's got to catch the ball, drive off that foot and, you know, try to go make a play in practice. Now you're in a situation where you can take that workload off of him and replace him with a guy who's a first-team All-American kick returner, averaged over 30 yards a kick last year, and is now in a situation where, uh, you know, he, he is, uh, you know, has three kick returns for touchdowns in his career. So you're, you, you, you can't justify taking Jadarian Price off of the kick return game if you don't have someone that you think could be as good or at least close to as good. And Jaden Harrison brings you that. Look at the other side of the ball. RJ Oban, to me, Ryan and I talked about this the other day. Is he going to be as good as Javante Jean-Baptiste? No idea. I have no idea. But what I know is I've, I liked his film more watching him at Duke than I did Javante Jean-Baptiste at Ohio State. Now, Javante came here and put in the work and had the attitude to have an awesome season for Notre Dame. And and I don't know that Notre Dame could have been the defense they were if he doesn't come. That's how important he was. I don't know if RJ can match that. I'm just saying at the same stage, 
of what they had done, the, the, the production is significantly greater from RJ and the film from RJ is better as well. And that matters to me. And, you know, you know that there's at least a floor there to work with if you're Notre Dame. And then you've got Josh Burnham and a lot of other things. We'll break down the, the overall depth chart later. But R.J. Oban is a, a veteran player that, that can play field end, can play Viper, and, and adds a lot of value. Jordan Clark is a nickel. Ryan likes him a little bit more than I do. We both think he's a good football player. He, he adds value to position where you lost your starter. So he, he, he has a chance to replace that guy. We talked about Rod Hurd yesterday from Northwestern. He immediately walks in the door and makes you better at the safety position. Because if if a Don Schuler is good enough to beat him out, then you're going to be great at safety. If a Don's not quite there yet, then you have a guy like Rod Hurd that can help bridge the gap. A Don can be your number three. He's still going to play 20, 30 snaps a game. A Don will because they always rotate. If you're in the top four at safety, you're probably going to play. If you're in the top three at safety, you are absolutely playing. And there's no doubt about that. And that won't change this year. And so there's going to be plenty of opportunities for Don. But if he's just not quite ready for starting snaps, then, you know, guess what? You've got a guy like Rod Hurd who can help fill that void. And so, you know, that's kind of where I'm at and, and, and with that. And then, of course, Mitch Jeter, who's the polar opposite of what Spencer Schrader was, doesn't have that monster leg. But he's a guy that is about as clutch and money as you can get as a kick return, as a as a place kicker. And so I like that. So let's just kind of talk about, I mean, guys, just look at that list, right? I mean, you're talking about you got an impact. Of, all of this is potential, right? Because none of these guys are guaranteed to do at Notre Dame what they did at their previous schools. None of them. But the potential that you've added is you've added a, a potential impact quarterback to your team you've added at least two potential impact wide receivers to your team with starting talent you've added an impact kick returner who for all we know because i i use the example from the charlie jones kid a couple years ago i wanted charlie jones at notre dame but the only reason i wanted charlie jones at notre dame because i thought he'd be a really good punt returner i had no idea he was going to go to the next school and be a thousand yard wide receiver like he was at purdue i didn't see that one coming and that was great i mean that that was huge what I'm saying with Jaden Harrison is maybe he has a breakout like that too. I have no idea. I'm telling you right now as a kick returner, at the very least as a kick returner, he adds impact potential. And then anything he gives you at wide receiver is a bonus. RJ Oban is a guy that's got close to 20 career sacks. Actually, let me look up his, what his actual numbers are uh, because I do believe he's close to 20 career sacks. I, I think that number is accurate, but I don't want to give you guys bad information. Okay, he's, he's close to 20 tackles for loss. He's got 18 and a half tackles for loss, 13 and a half career sacks. He's got an interception, four forced fumbles. He's a guy that, that brings a lot of value. If you look at his pro football focus numbers the last couple of years from a pass rushing standpoint, I'm going to bring those up here too to show you those. I've looked at those, those before as well. He's a guy this year uh, for Duke that had 27 pressures. This past season, 13 hits on the quarterback. And you compare that to what Notre Dame had this past season. So Javante Jean-Baptiste this season for Notre Dame had 32 pressures on the quarterback. Uh, let me see here. Javante, no, Javante had 38. They've updated the thing. 38 pressures, and he had 16 hits set plus sacks on the quarterback. 
on 306 pass rushes. R.J. Oban this year had 27 pressures, 13 hits on the quarterback on only 243 pass rushes. So that's about two to two and a half games, fewer pass rushes, worth of pass rushes from R.J. Oban compared to what Javante did and 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 what he did. And then in 2023, or excuse me, 2022, R.J. was even more productive. R.J. had 319 pass rushes, uh, pass rush attempts, which is close to what Javante had. And then you see the pass rush numbers were very similar, 37 pressures uh, at that point in time. So he's a guy that has shown his ability to be a very productive pass rusher in college. And if he starts, you're going to have a pretty good pass rusher there. He's got to improve his run defense, setting the edge. He wasn't used to like that, uh, used that way a lot at Duke. That's something that I think needs to get better. His part of his game that needs to get better. But the pass rush part, he's going to bring a lot of value to the table. And, and by the way, in 2021, he had 29 pressures that season. So this is a kid that's had really good production as a pass rusher the last three years. And and so you have value there. You've got Jordan Clark, who's played a ton of football at Arizona State. Very experienced, smart, heady player, quality athlete. Like I said, played a ton of football. And then you've got Rod Hurd, who's, who comes to Notre Dame with like 194 career tackles. And the other thing I like, too, is you've got one guy that came from the group of five, a pretty good group of five school in Jane Harrison. You have another kid that came from a group of five in Chris Mitchell. But the production, the success they had at that level was outstanding. As I said, Jaden Harrison was a first-team All-American kick returner this year, was second in the nation in kick return average, and was second in the nation in kick return touchdowns this season. And then when you look at at, at Chris Mitchell at, at Florida International, he didn't have a whole lot of help on offense. That kid, they averaged 20.1 points per game. Their quarterbacks only passed for, on the season, 2,752 yards in 12 touchdowns. That's it. But here's the thing. He had most of that production. So for a team that only had 2,700 passing yards and only completed 220 passes on the season, Chris Mitchell had 64 catches for 1,118 yards in six of the 12 touchdown receptions this season. Like That's outstanding production. So, yes, you're coming from a smaller level, but you're talking about a guy that had six catches for 157 yards against Arkansas on the road against Arkansas, eight catches for 116 yards against Western Kentucky, five catches for 109 yards against Jacksonville State. It's a good football team. Four catches for 89 yards against Liberty, a team that played in the Fiesta Bowl. So he had production against the better teams in the schedule. And he did all that production with only catching one pass for two yards in the season opener. So you're talking about a kid that even, yeah, he was group of five, but you're bringing in a group of five first-team All-American not just group of five All-American, but overall All-American, and a kid who had over 60 catches and 1,100 yards and six touchdowns on an offense that wasn't that good. Imagine if he's playing in an offense where you can't just focus on stopping him. You've got to focus on stopping Bo Collins and Jaden Greathouse and Jordan Faison and uh, Deion Colsey and Jaden Thomas and Mitchell Evans and Eli Raritan and Jeremiah Love and Jadarian Price and Cooper Flanagan and all these. And then you've got a quarterback that can run it just starts getting excited about what he could be. You know, you, you, you talk about, you know, Rod Hurd, power five guy, all honorable mention, all big 10 players. So, you know, Notre Dame's not taking a lot of flyers on this portal class. And that's what I like. There's a lot of legitimate upside 
there's there's some NFL talent in this group, especially quarterback. You know, Ryan has said before he got he had he had every impression he had every thought that RJ Open was going to be going pro, not going to Notre Dame. And Florida State made a hard run at RJ Open as well. And we know that they have a big needed defensive end also in the, in, in what they look for. So you you have to be excited about what Notre Dame added in the portal. I look last year's portal class was good. It was. You had Sam Hartman, Caleb Smith, you had Spencer Schrader, Javante Jean Baptiste, Thomas Harper, you had Antonio Carter. You know, those were all solid players. There's a lot to like there, but the upside is so much greater. Caleb Smith is number three of the three. If you talk about just the pure receivers, he's not the same kind of player as Chris Mitchell and Bo Collins. I'm close. The same kind of player that Chris Mitchell and Bo Collins were. You talk about RJ open and Javante Jean Baptiste. We'll see how RJ plays, but coming in, there's much greater career production for RJ open than there was for Javante Jean Baptiste. And you can't ignore that. You look at the secondary. Thomas Harper is a very talented player, had a lot of production. Jordan Clark has can match that production and exceed that production. And the reason why is because he's been healthy. Where one of the issues that that uh that Thomas Harper had is he 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 was banged up. He did miss a chunk of the previous season with a shoulder injury. And he was able to stay relatively healthy at Notre Dame. And so it's not about he wasn't a good player. I thought Thomas Harper was an excellent player for Notre Dame this year. It's more so about looking at it from the standpoint of you're getting proven commodities to replace guys that were proven commodities or effective players. You lose Thomas Harper, you replace him with Jordan Clark. You lose Javante Jean Baptiste, you're replacing him with RJ Oban, established players. You know, you, you lose Rico Flores and Chris Tyree, and you replace him with better players, more productive players, more proven players. And that's what has me excited about what this what this portal class can add to Notre Dame. On top of the fact that Freeman's first full class is now going to be sophomores, and he's bringing in a second class, which we think is even better than the first class. There's a lot to be excited about at Notre Dame, and the portal class is a big, big reason for that. So we're going to move on to part three here in a second. But before we do, folks, just a reminder, do us a favor, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell. Share this podcast. Give us a five-star review. We would greatly, greatly appreciate that. And then, of course, sign up for the message board at boards.irishbreakdown.com. 